0: Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're Flying with Firefly on the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, Flying with Firefly where every other week we immerse ourselves in a lawless verse populated by refugees from Earth that was and navigate two episodes of Firefly. This week, we're exploring Serenity, parts one and two.
1: Very confusing that the... Just the whole thing of this is the original pilot, but it wasn't aired first. And it has the same title as the movie.
0: Let's just get that out of the way. That's
1: super confusing, guys. And
0: and eventually we're going to get to the movie and and people are going to look at our feed and just be like, you're drunk.
1: But they started with the movie and then they're doing the movie again.
0: And didn't the train job come come first? I mean, we'll get to it. But for our inaugural episode of our new podcast, the Sunnydale Sacks Flying with Firefly, let's start things off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Firefly was made in 2002 and canceled in
1: 2003. Good run.
0: Uh, it is, a, however, a cult classic, perhaps best known for being canceled way too freaking early, mm-hmm. and for the fans bringing it back in a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's most often described as a space western. hmm I mean, like, that's technically accurate, but if you really want to sell your friends on the show, they're going to look at you weird when you say that.
1: Yeah. And... Uh, not to go too far into it now, but that was kind of one of the things that turned me off of it initially, was just hearing that the title was, oh, it's a space western.
0: What was the old man movie?
1: Space Cowboys?
0: That. Yeah. Because that's what you. Th- I think. I'm like, no, we did. And that wasn't good.
1: So I was playing a trivia game once, and the question was... What four actors played the Space Cowboys? I think I was seeing it. Okay. And I not only answered the question immediately, but did it in the order it was on the card.
0: And then you killed yourself for <laughs> having that information at hand. Well, no, because I, I
1: just like went by, like, okay, well, who would be the top belt? Who would be the second belt? Who would be the third belt? Who would be the fourth belt? And I just said it in that order. I'm and sad for you. The, the two people I was playing with just looked at me like, what are you? <laughs>
0: Uh, but we didn't got the idea for Firefly after reading the novel Killer Angels, which is mm-hmm. about Gettysburg, and becoming fascinated by the idea of what happens to the losers after the battle that these you know pioneers are on the outskirts of society.
1: Mm-hmm. Which does bring up one of the issues in more recent times I've had with Firefly. Again, this is something we'll get into. Is that it comes very close to like you could read it as like Uh, a pro-Confederate in some ways. Because it's very similar to, like, there's a Civil War Mm. and the losing side. They kind of see themselves as victimized. I think the show itself does a lot. I mean, even just the simple fact that the second command of our hero soldier is a black woman does a lot to... Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is very... like, on one hand, I'm always like, oh, it is so, like, American patriots, because, mm-hmm. like, what did we do in the Revolutionary War, yeah. right? We fought back against, mm-hmm. like, a tyrannical government, and we're the little guys and the pioneers, right? But on the other hand, like, when you're talking about, like, yeah, because big government is bad. Oops um
1: yeah yeah there's
0: so it's i feel like anyone can use it to suit their own benefits
1: yeah and that's that's where i've kind of settled with it of like if there are people who use it that way i don't think that's how it was intended um but i'm sure some of like the western flair of it was kind of comes from that story the killer angels sure um but uh i think there's also plenty of it that isn't about that and I, it makes me more comfortable.
0: So I was speaking of like things we'll talk about. So I, I said, like, I don't like telling people who've never seen it. Like it's a space Western mm-hmm. because they give me that look and I've never sold someone on that, that, um, on it that way. The thing that I always like to tell people, and this is a weird time to like say this because solo just came out, not the cups, the movie, oh. the star Wars movie. Um, but I always described as like, it's like the Han Solo star story. Mm hmm. Because, yeah, he's a smuggler yeah. in space, and he goes to these dirty, gross planets. You're welcome.
1: He goes to these dirty, gross planets. Yeah. He doesn't go to any of the cool, pretty planets. He goes to dirty, gross planets. Yes.
0: So we're excited to get into this, but first things first, Mike, did you watch this as it originally aired?
1: Uh, so I have a weird, even weirder than my history with Buffy of how <laughs> I watched this show. Of course you do. Um. <laughs> The first episode I did watch because I had heard about it. And I was like, "Oh, this could be interesting." Was the the what aired as the first episode? Gotcha. Yep. And elements of that made me not super interested in watching it again. Okay. We'll get to those when we get to them. Sure. Uh, but then I think I watched. Just
0: for that. anyone being con- who is confused, the Train Job aired first.
1: Yes. Uh, one of the I think the the biggest blunders in. A lot of things that probably led to Firefly getting canceled before its time was them rejecting the original pilot for being too sad and for for Mal being too mean, um, or otherwise being a three dimensional character. <laughs> uh, it was oh, he's not just happy all the time. How can he be our lead? The, uh, elements of that uh, when 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 that uh, happened led me to kind of not be that interested. I watched maybe twenty minutes of another episode. When we get to it I'll again, say which twenty minutes. And again, I think that was just very bad fortune on my part that Mm -hmm. that particular 20 minutes of that episode, even though I think in retrospect, I don't mind that episode. Those 20 minutes did nothing to dissuade me because I really don't like Westerns.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: And that, that second 20 minutes of another episode is what really like sealed the, the, the deal of like...
0: It was like 90% Western, 10% space. And you're like, I need a little bit more space in my space Western. Yeah, Got uh, it. exactly.
1: And then I didn't really discover Firefly as a whole until, much like with Doctor Who, hmm. I happened to catch one day a sci-fi channel like mini marathon like they do that all the time yeah they might still do it i don't know uh, on the sci-fi channel just during the day i was like oh that firefly show uh eh, i've got nothing to do for the next couple hours Let me see if this is any good. And then I watched like five hours of it in a row.
0: And then like, like, oh, this is great. You grew a beard. Your hair turned white. Mm
1: -hmm. I got long curled fingernails, started peeing in a jar. It was a whole thing. (laughs) Uh, so, and then that's how I I, I discovered it. I was like, oh, this was canceled before its time. And I was part of the problem. Uh, so yeah, that's been one of my, my biggest geek shames. I guess you could say is, uh, I was one of those people who didn't get it when it first came out and was probably responsible for it not continuing i never well i guess i was in a nielsen family so it didn't really matter it's
0: all your fault mike yeah so i didn't even hear about this show until long after buffy and angel Mm -hmm. um it wasn't until chris and i first started dating and we were hanging out in his apartment we were talking about buffy and angel because god do i talk about anything else (laughs) this is my version of flirting i like buffy (laughs) date me Uh, Chris had said something like, um, "I mean, and obviously you love Firefly," and I was like, "Don't what is that? Literally never heard of that." Like the bug. I I honestly think I thought he was talking about the bug. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so he told me all about it and the fan push that brought the movie uh, and told me like, yeah, you would absolutely watch this show. Something I realized early on, Chris and I dating, he always accurately predicts what I'm going to like. I mean, he's the one that was like, what do you mean? You've never watched Veronica Mars. It's perfect for you. <laughs> and to this day, like, I'll be like, oh, I'm not really into in that show because like you'd really like it like sold. No, nope, yep. you're better than the Netflix recommends for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Although that thing can be real, real wonky. Nice. It thinks I want to watch a lot of cop shows.
0: <laughs> it needs the, uh, the Chris algorithm cause it gets it perfect every mm-hmm. time. So I immediately added the DVDs to the top of my Netflix queue. Uh, I watched them alone in my teeny tiny, uh, first post college apartment. And I honestly, my bedroom was only big enough for my twin size bed and my dresser. It was, it was a, a closet That just kind of describes how I spent that entire first year. Like my Mm. roommate hadn't moved in yet. Everyone moved away right after college to do Uh. post-grad stuff. I was working part-time at Starbucks. So I had a lot of free hours and no one to spend them with. I just watched so many Netflix. Uh, So the timetable that I watched this means I'm always very confused about when it aired. Yeah. And in this, to this day, it still came out like two years after Angel ended mm-hmm. in my mind. Like, it's not true. Oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. aired the same time that Buffy mm-hmm. was ending. But in my mind, like, no, 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 no. This came right. out like 2007. So watch the DVDs. I instantly loved it. Like, there was no part of me that was ever like, mm, maybe, no. Like, five seconds in, I got it. I, and I loved it because I felt like I got it. Like, yeah. it's was, it was one of those things that... It's not broad. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, it's broad in that, like, it's well written, and how can you not recognize that? Yeah. But, like, the metaphors that it was using the idea of the exploration of space being the quote unquote wild mm-hmm. west, the fact that terraforming would make a new planet looked like the Western U.S. Mm-hmm. The fact that sound doesn't travel in the vacuum of space—that they swear in Mandarin because China uh, is so populated—that Mandarin would become just as popular as English. Mm-hmm. Um, it just—it felt like the best parts of Star Wars. It felt smart. Uh, I always was immediately like, "Yes, Mal is Han Solo, and who doesn't love Han Solo and his questionable morality?" <laughs> so yeah, I was all in immediately.
1: And that is one thing that I'm sure as the episodes go on that we'll explore. But what what always got me is just how how much it did feel like a really well-thought-out universe, which is why, to mm-hmm. me, it was even as much as, yeah, I would have loved to see all the characters because I think they were really well-defined and could have had really re- interesting arcs if you had a couple seasons working on them. It just felt like, oh, this is a great sci-fi universe. This could mm-hmm. have, you know... Seven seasons and then a spin-off series about some other group doing something else on another planet. Like in an ideal world, this would have been like the the successor to the the television Star Trek empire. Yeah. Of just like having this whole really well fleshed out sci fi universe with its own kind of take on it. And definitely like Firefly does uh ha- take some some jabs at like the the Star Treks of the world. Uh, and uh, to a lesser degree, the, the Star Wars. But I think it realizes that that's a little bit where where it's bread is buttered. But like that that universe just felt felt like such a waste to like only get this one short season of a show.
0: So obviously, Firefly is really special. I mean, just th- this aura that it has around it being something that was canceled so early has the reputation for being insane that it was canceled because it's so good Mm -hmm. and the fact that it was brought back by the fans to make a movie and like is a precursor for the veronica mars movie because that you know method had already been employed what do you think makes the show so special
1: well i mean again i think the universe is great but i think like what a lot of people really connect to is like it's really fully formed characters right off the bat where Mm -hmm. you can relate or see something interesting in each and every one of them where, and especially like looking at serenity as a pilot, it's so hard to do that. If you look at the pilot for even like a lot of shows you love, a lot of times it's just not quite there. Like the characters change so much in like the first season that in the pilots, like, Oh yeah, that's that guy did that. Or like they, this was going to be a whole part of the show that, that it just wasn't
0: characters that disappear because of right Mm. away. They were like, Nope. Not yeah.
1: just like uh, conceits that just never happen again. Bring it back to Star Trek. There's a whole thing about how the ship splits into barely ever come. <laughs> it was like it I, was like a 10 minute sequence in the pilot. And then like, let do not even again. remember
0: that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think you have a great universe and you have a great set of characters. How could you not fall in love and then feel like gutted when you don't get to spend any more time with them?
0: Mm hmm. You know, Chris and I talk a lot about um, things that feel so special to you that you feel like you have an ownership to them. Mm. Um, I th- and I think the fact that this show is so smart and that not everyone gets it—like, there—I mm. wouldn't necessarily recommend Firefly to everyone as much as I can a family show because there are certain people I'm like, eh, I don't think you're gonna get it, and that mm. doesn't mean that like because they're dumb. Yeah. It just it's not for everyone. And because it's not for everyone, if it is for you, it just feels special. It feels like you own part of it, Um, which is why I think that it felt so precious to fans that they needed to bring it back. And to this day, there's always somebody talking about bringing back firefly. Mm -hmm.
1: Although like with a lot of things where it's like, Oh, it's past prime. I think you could have like in 10, 20 years, you could have the unforgiven, of the Firefly universe, where it's like, what did the old cowboys do yeah. in space? Yeah, yeah, and and looking at like the critical response when it first came out is wild because of somebody the complaints being like, well, oh, it's just seemed like they randomly threw a bunch of stuff together. It's like
0: space really? and the western. What and and you're like? like oh, you don't get it.
1: Like it's it's not just like oh, it wouldn't be fun if both these were the same. It's like no, it's it's like. Taking that as a legitimate premise of, okay, here's another way that it could go out instead of, you know, everyone gets the uh, crazy, cool, sleek spaceships or we meet a bunch of aliens. It's like, what if we barely escape Earth, apparently, uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of colonize in a very rough brutal way like colonizing and pioneering has always gone yeah where there's still a lot of the same rough and i know uh one of the things that uh joss and some of the other creators said in the process is that it's supposed to be a very physical and very uh tactile universe because mm. it's not like everything is just set up for you that's why people have to ride horses because there's nobody to build roads yet yeah you, like kind of terraform a planet and lead people to it. I think it, it's a very realistic, but also fun parallel of, it would be like the old West. So I I don't get why people, especially critics who should know
0: better, were so I don't trust dismissive. critics. I never have. <laughs> uh, so just in case anyone is unaware, they made 14 episodes of Firefly. After only um, 11 had been aired, it was canceled insanely By the dum-dums at Fox. Mm
1: -hmm. I I love this quote that uh, maybe it just came out at the wrong time because this was the season where Fox's biggest hit was Joe Millionaire. (laughs) Uh,
0: But after only 11 episodes aired, fans were already so in love that they started raising money and organizing a letter-writing campaign to save it. And while sadly they weren't successful in keeping the show on air... Their efforts did result in a Firefly DVD release and the movie Serenity, yep. which will go, uh, will attack the movie once we're done with this yeah. series.
1: This is the original pilot, not the movie. Again, in case anybody missed it, I know it's very confusing.
0: Well, so let's talk about the order. Um, so, Fox originally rejected the pilot for Firefly because, as you said, mail was too dark. And because, and this makes so much sense, honestly, coming from a bunch of like network hacks, that like, They're like, well, the characters are a bunch of nobodies in this world. They should be like big wigs. Like, no, everyone likes the underdog. You dumb dum And
1: like, that's, again, so much the point of it. (sighs) That like, in in one of the more big mainstream, again, take it, because I think a lot of what the show does is like, let's not do what the big guys do. Let's not do what Star Wars does and have a bunch of cool, fun aliens. There's no aliens. Let's not do what Star Trek does and have everything be great. And we're talking to like the big captains of the greatest ships who are like uh, uh, blazing a a glorious trail for like the the future of humanity. Let's not do that either. Let's have like, what about the, you know, a young Han Solo?
0: Yeah. Uh, But
1: there's no aliens. He's just kind of like trying to make his job work.
0: Well, and I kind of feel like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we have some crazy important listeners. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you connect with it more because like, who would I be in this world? I would definitely be a nobody. I,
1: I, yeah, I could definitely see myself being wash or book before I could be, you know, the captain of the great starship Dortmunder.
0: Yep. Um, so tell, do I have this correctly that, so while we're about to talk about serenity, which Mm. is the original pilot, which is the length of two episodes, even though it was intended, intended to play first, that actually played at the end of the season. Yes, and two episodes never aired on television.
1: Two or three, I forget. But yeah, there are definitely episodes that never aired.
0: Fox is crazy, yeah. you guys. Fox is yeah bonkers. Poopoo pants.
1: I mean, I should say they eventually aired on like cable or like yeah. not on, in the original. They were seen on television. I don't know somebody's going to be like, "Well, technically, it was on television." <laughs>
0: So let's get to it. Let's take off with the Sunnydale Stacks and Voyage into Serenity Part One. So we start with the big battle, and really at first, this could be a World War One show. Like right until the spaceship flies overhead. I Just and like and at uh, first, like, there's no pew-pew guns, them. there's no aliens, it's just spaceship. Yeah. And we get our first glimpse of our hero, male as he dies for cover, mm-hmm. played by the great Nathan Fillion. I think this is the first thing I ever saw. Him. No, no, because I saw Buffy first. This is the second thing I ever saw him in.
1: Uh, first thing I ever saw him in was two guys, a girl, and a pizza place, guys, because I totally used to watch that show. <laughs> I'm super cool. <laughs>
0: uh, first off, I love his costume. Mm-hmm. The vest, the long coat. Uh, apparently, the costume designer took inspiration from the Civil War, World War II, and samurai influences. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so you'll notice that the Serenity gang all wear warm, uh, homey colors, whereas Alliance characters wear a real cooler colors mm-hmm. because they're cold and dead on the inside.
1: Yep. My my fan theory is that they're all robots.
0: <laughs> did, did so? Did you watch Castle? No. Okay. There is e- even Nathan Fillion couldn't pull me into that premise. I'm you you should go back it gets real good later on um but anyway there's a a halloween episode where he dresses as a space cowboy i have seen that clip ah and then his
1: like daughter or whatever is like what is that
0: she's like wasn't that like 20 didn't you wear that like 20 years ago i think you should get over it Mm. so good so mal is giving orders and also breaking rules very good intro to this character Mm. he's being brave while everyone else is terrified and naysaying And I love the speech he gives about the Alliance, making the Alliance eat their words. Yeah. And I like that it subverts our expectations. Like, you hear this rousing speech, Mm -hmm. and he's the underdog, and he's inspiring. And, oh, my God, it works, and it's great, but it's they're going to lose. Like, the fact that, like, we see this, we're like, great, I got it. The underdog is going to overcome, and this is our hero.
1: It's like we're seeing the the, like, dramatic finale of another movie where it's like all about like how we're going to save the day and win the war and then luke misses the shot and the death star is just there yep oh yeah you
0: we also meet zoe for the first time played by gina torres just a beautiful talented human mm-hmm. uh, she plays mal's right hand man if you will woman and she was also jasmine in angel
1: yep Another one of uh Joseph Whedon talked about how after Firefly got canceled, it was like, I have to give all these people jobs. I feel so bad. So that's why, like, Adam Baldwin was on the last season of Angel mm-hmm. and Nathan Fillion got uh Caleb. Uh, Caleb, Uh I don't.
0: Well, yeah, I guess it,
1: it would have, it would lined have been up.
0: season four of. Angel. Yeah. yeah it would have yeah. been yeah. about the so same that would time. Have lined but, up. So yeah. I think
1: that was another one. It was like, uh, these people are too good to not be working. If I have any way I can cast them in something else, I need to cast them right away.
0: So they shoot their way to a turret and bring down an alliance ship. This feels like a video game waiting to happen.
1: I had the exact same thing it's of the like turret. The Every- turret just looks like a video game. Like like, uh, were they were they predicting the VR boom of about ten years from now? And they're just <laughs> like, oh, we gotta get this so you can pretend to be male shooting down the ship.
0: <laughs> so even with this small victory, the rebellion will not send air support. They're told to surrender. It's a big fucking that's worse than if they had just legit lost. Yeah. The fact it's that like, it's like we could have won, but I think he- I think
1: that's what beats beats Mal. And that's why like yeah. he's in the state we see him in the six years later, where it's like, I almost had it. Yeah. We could have done it. We could have won and you just didn't. Ugh.
0: So we cut to six years later. Mal, Zoe, and Jane are salvaging a busted ship. Jane, played by Adam Baldwin. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting bodyguard. What?
1: Uh, he was uh, my bodyguard in the film My Bodyguard.
0: Oh, never heard of it. No. I thought you just had a bodyguard.
1: He was he was my my personal bodyguard. This is weird time.
0: Did where, Whitney Houston sing a ballad as he carried you through a crowd? Uh,
1: no, I sang it to him, and that's why he's no longer my
0: bodyguard. <laughs> he's like, uh, ouch!
1: And I just couldn't hit the high note. <laughs>
0: So, he's an interesting contrast to male, uh, mm-hmm. both technically crima- criminals, both cranky and rude. Jane is kind of what male would be without his sense of morality or mm-hmm. right or wrong. Yeah. Jane is male without the sense of honor, mm-hmm. which is a, um, really interesting and shows us the importance of male's yeah. sense of duty. So, we'll just say Adam Baldwin got involved with Gamergate.
1: Yeah. Um, I like him on the show
0: uh so i it's so he he coined the phrase gamergate um he apparently tweeted in support of the gamers and criticized the female game designer that was at the heart of the conflict and she got bad mm-hmm. uh he there was claim there was denials of people of someone's saying they were raped and death threats. Um, He allegedly docked someone. He's allegedly an anti-vaxxer. He got into it with Whedon and Felicia Day online. So like there's just all of this badness. Yeah. That's the extent I think we're going to talk about it. But uh, it does make I feel like watching this or wearing a Jane hat in public a little awkward now.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Like, I, I, I don't have as much of a hard time watching it because like for the most part he he's not a good character. So it's a lot easier for me to like watch something with somebody who I know is a bad person who's playing a bad person. Fair. yeah. It's easier for me to, to do that like if uh, something horrible came out about like uh mr rogers then i'd be like oh i can never watch mr rogers again fair yeah yeah it's like he's, he's it's he's,
0: like cosby where you're like but you were like everyone's dad
1: yeah <laughs> what the hell dude oh i didn't want to use a real one but like, this makes me sad now i mean it's just um, the
0: obvious one where it was uh, like i you were okay
1: oh now i'll never know the rules of ghost dad call
0: back. no i'm i'm i remember the the joke from <coughs> previous episodes
1: previously on the sunnydale stacks
0: uh mike references ghost dad kristen doesn't get it
1: <laughs> uh that one uh, i don't blame you for <laughs> i kind of kind of wish i myself didn't know about ghost dad but i was sick that one day drinking <laughs> orange soda and watching ghost dad on usa
0: ah uh, orange soda it's the best soda mm-hmm.
1: well that's what Kel would say on keenan and Kel. Kel loved orange soda
0: oh i don't remember that no yeah.
1: it was like his defining characteristic on that show
0: I mean, I haven't seen that show in, like, I don't know, 20 years?
1: I'm just saying, if you remember one thing about Kenan and Kel... Well, okay, it's the cool intro. If you remember two things about <laughs> Kenan and Kel... And I remember loved orange soda.
0: one thing okay. about Kenan and Kel. Right.
1: You know, they spare one little sign-ups there.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, waiting back on the ship is Wash.
1: I love this intro. It is perfect for him.
0: I forgot! was his first scene yes i thought this was in the movie
1: no they oh well i don't want to spoil anything
0: well uh, so the his first scene is the his famous dinosaur Mm -hmm. scene you know curse your your setting yet yet inevitable inevitable betrayal i Mm -hmm. i love him i love alan tudyk Uh, Oh he can do no wrong my first intro to him i think was a knight's tale
1: oh yeah yeah it might have been for me too at least the first like conscious
0: yeah oh who's that guy he's funny I hope Heidi, remember, does that one soon and uh-huh. has me on it because I love that movie. But also recently voiced K2 uh, in Rogue One. Was that? Yes.
1: Movie? Yes. K2. And it was like, also the Candy King.
0: Yes. Wreck-It Ralph. He is a great voice actor. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he also like the chicken in Moana? I think so. He's fabulous. Yeah. I love him.
1: He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's always in a light. I love to see him wherever he shows up.
0: So just as the others free the cargo, Wash informs them that the Alliance is coming.
1: Uh Uh-oh, they're coming in their luxury condo complex.
0: This is the Dortmunder. Mm -hmm. And as a new segment on the Sunnydale Stacks, the universe may be infinite, but Hollywood is not. What? Let's see what else these actors have been in. This is Across the Verse.
1: There is uh, the the captain on the ship you may recognize, but probably not unless you're a really big Angel fan because you usually see him under a bunch of makeup. Andy Umberger, you may know him from Angel as Dr. Ronald Meltzer, the guy whose limbs come apart, Uh, but probably better as DeHoffrin.
0: I love DeHoffrin. If anyone's tuning in for Firefly and has not watched Buffy yet, Go back and watch Buffy. It's a great show. Fantastic. Uh, but Deahfrin is a blue skinned demon that we adore.
1: Because uh,
0: he's he's like
1: in some ways uh, a a big it's it's he's a demon so it's hard to define but uh, on the same level of like a big mafia boss or a giant religious leader of a certain sect of the demon culture he's like a big deal but he also just talks casually about stuff.
0: And he's, he's kind of a father figure. He's great.
1: Oh, he's very much a father figure to Anya, who is the best Buffy character.
0: <laughs> so down in the engine room, we meet Kaylee. Love Kaylee, played by Jewel St- State. Yeah, I always want to add an R. It's not straight state.
1: Definitely huge, shallow crush on her.
0: I mean, I have a crush on her to this day. Yeah. She's adorable.
1: I think mine comes from a weird source. No, I think,
0: I'm so nervous for the end of this sentence. God.
1: I, I tried to look this up. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't find it. What I think it Put was. Put
0: both hands on the computer. Get the other one out of your <laughs> lap. Yeah,
1: that's, 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 <laughs> that's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> you filthy prevert. Uh, no. So I think she was in an adaptation of some book that I read, but I never saw the adaptation.
0: What is happening? A funny?
1: picture of it was on the book that I read. Because I swear to God, it's the story about these kids who, like, I think they get orphaned or abandoned, but decide to live on their own. The thing I remember the most vividly, besides that cover.
0: Oh, God, gross.
1: Is uh, that they, like, eat a lot of donuts because they don't have much money. They can get a lot of donuts, like the little donuts, I think. Yeah. Uh, for pretty cheap. Riveting, riveting uh, story. <laughs> uh and, and then she uh, was is like beats herself up over the first night they were alone buying a Diet Coke at McDonald's because it was so expensive. Those are the two details. That that I remember That is the a most.
0: bummer of a book, man. Wait to break adulthood on people. Yeah. I didn't learn that lesson till college and mom and dad weren't paying for my soda anymore. And I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm drinking from the water fountain from mm-hmm. now on.
1: Uh, so that's what I remember the most. I think they ended up living in the woods, possibly a museum. I might be conflating several stories here. This might not have even been her on the cover, but I swear it was. Because when I okay. saw her, I think it was either in this or something else. I was like, oh, it's that girl from that book. Okay. <laughs> if I- anyone, any stackers can confirm or deny this, can, can explain what I'm thinking about, or uh, prove that I'm crazy by showing me the actual cover for this and showing that it is not at all her. Please, please do so. This has been bugging me for, I think, literally two decades. Okay.
0: I think Kaylee is probably one of the most cosplayed characters ever. Yeah. Um, We just feel the support. Anytime I go to a convention and I see someone with her adorable umbrella and Mm -hmm. her coveralls, I'm just, yes, everyone do that. So they shut down the ship. Uh, and the Alliance comes in very much like the Empire mm-hmm. in Star Wars. There's, I'm going to be referencing Star Wars a lot, guys. Yep. I'm sorry. But big fascist government, mm-hmm. lots of money, big ships. And they're trying to look like they're just part of the wreckage. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. They've got plan B. Yep. They launch the Crybaby, which is this like satellite that they left mm-hmm. out. Um, that they turn on, and it's a fake distress symbol, and yeah. the Alliance has to go save ship that doesn't exist like, and abandon like the a, Huh?
1: You said distress symbol.
0: Yeah, it just symbolizes. Oh, distress. That, yeah, no, just, just help. Just, this is how, why is this hard to say? I don't know. Distress signal. You don't have a speech impediment, or at least not that one. Uh, I
1: don't know what that one would
0: be. <laughs> so they lure the Alliance away. And now, stackers, get out your notebooks and pencils. It's time to learn with Simon's study guide. <gasps> to distract the alliance ship, Serenity launches the crybaby and imitates a distress signal. Malinwash and wash say, crybaby cry, make your mother sigh. Mm-hmm. What song are these lyrics from? Cry baby cry by the Beatles.
1: Oh, well that that just seems unfair. The lyrics were in the title.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm glad to see the Beatles survive though. I know that well oh. the, yeah I think that's kind of cool that they are so timeless that mm-hmm. e- they even survive past Earth. Um, I also feel real silly that I didn't know that, but I'm hoping someone else didn't yeah. know that and we all learned today. Thank you, Simon, study guide. Thanks, Simon. So we get the credits.
1: I think they're they're great it's what i first think of when i think of firefly i think of the little song and the the like little mandolini part even though watching it again the effects don't hold up as much as i remember them the shot of the spaceship over the horses very mm-hmm. emblematic i think it's a great way to end it of just like this is what the show is guys
0: yep i you know it always catches me off guard if i haven't seen it in a while that like I expect a spacey type of song. And then that guitar hits and you're like, no, this is perfect. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah. You can't take the sky from me, man. I mean, that's such a great lyric. Mm-hmm. So the ship is headed to Persephone to drop off the goods. And we meet Inara. She was originally cast with Rebecca Gayhart in the role. Mm-hmm. But after shooting began, we didn't realize she wasn't really the right fit. Yeah. Uh, and recast with, I'm going to say her name wrong, Morena Baccarin. I think that's Perfect. i'm just i got that. good thing she
1: doesn't have signal in her name
0: (laughs) i mean phew she is a quote unquote companion Mm -hmm. which is like a combination of an escort and a geisha yeah i mean like i'm not familiar with what escorts usually do but i don't think they typically go to these lengths
1: probably not typically i mean i'm sure there's like specialty like anything you can get you can get you know whatever you want uh, but I think the the whole conceit of it kind of being this whole another like cultural thing, I like, and again, kind of reflects that there's a lot of Asian influence on mm-hmm. this this particular space well, culture. Well, and
0: kind of like the way that I, I like, you know, I understand that it, that geishas say like, no, that we do not sleep with our mm-hmm. clients, and, you know, except for sometimes they marry them. But um, that, you know, the role that the geisha has in um, the culture of it being this, respected position that mm-hmm. it's, you know, here in the U S prostitution is illegal. It's generally something that a lot of people um, throw a lot of shame on, but geishas are typically respected. And yeah. in this futuristic society, a companion is very much respected
1: mm-hmm. except by Mal, which I think is another interesting character point on him.
0: I think so too. And I think oh. that's, I mean, I think he actually says this at some mm-hmm. point that he doesn't respect her job because he respects her so much that he mm-hmm. doesn't want her to to sell her body. Mm-hmm. She rents a shuttle from Serenity, uh, where she conducts her business. So walking through the crowd in Moe's Isley. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, for that funny? <laughs> we meet Shepard Book, played by Ron Glass. Aww, R.I.P. Thanks. He recently yeah. passed away. Yeah. I love him. I mean, we'll get to know him better, but... I think his intro is great and his interaction with Kaylee. I just mm, love like yeah. you see how smart she, like first off she's adorable in her, in her little folding chair. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's such a great scene for her because it just, again, we didn't such a good job of introducing people and yep. you get them right off the bat but like like we've already seen her kick ass in the engine room she's in this cute little folding chair with this little kimono and the Mm -hmm. umbrella but she's like really smart and can read people so she's Mm -hmm. not just this cute face yeah and then shepherd book while being a preacher Mm -hmm. and being very stoic also kind of has the sassy side when Mm he tells the guy just tells the guy like i never married yeah i love it
1: I'm not a grandfather.
0: So Mal delivers the goods to Badger, mm-hmm. a criminal with a Cockney accent, which is weird to hear in space, I think.
1: He's a space Cockney. I, mean, he's I he's.
0: if everyone's from Earth, it makes sense that not everyone's going to be mm-hmm. from America.
1: But it could be like a thing where they they talk about how accents change so much that like Shakespeare's English would sound more like uh, a thick Scottish accent would... Uh, So it might just be like another example of like things kind of like changing again where maybe he like his his family was originally from New England and this is what the New England accent changed into. Or maybe
0: everyone from like that region of Mm -hmm. the UK generally settled on one planet and then that whole planet has a Cockney accent. Mm -hmm. So he's not happy that they were spotted by the Alliance and who put out an APB essentially. He's also not happy that the cargo can be tracked with an Alliance stamp. So he is neither accepting the goods nor paying for them. Mm. So Mal and Zoe are trying to think of someone else to purchase their goods. Everyone they know is dead except Patience. Mm, but she kind of shot mail, So <laughs> mm, might not be a good idea.
1: I do think it's interesting because uh, I know another one of the the network notes was that they didn't like the badger scene because the heroes, they were defeated by a villain a crime boss and they didn't get his the best of him i was like yeah "Yeah, that's the point under dogs like if they just like aha we have bested them once again and just like never had any stakes or consequences and never had to like struggle then there there wouldn't be a show
0: that'd be a sitcom with a laugh track Mm -hmm. what that would be
1: They'd just be like oh we're living another uh load of protein bars over to Neptune 7. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: So we got some more passengers We meet Simon with his giant crate. That is not a euphemism.
1: Simon, he's got a huge crate.
0: He's played by Sean Maher, who just screams, I work for the Alliance. Like he is the mm-hmm. stuffiest of the stuffy, stuffy people. And even his glasses look evil. Like his sunglasses. Like he's
1: either evil or he's going to tell us we're in the Matrix.
0: <laughs> One of those things.
1: One of the two.
0: And they really just fly by the other passenger, um, Mm -hmm. which should be a dead giveaway that he's going to be the bad guy. His name is Dobson, played by Carlos Jacot.
1: Let's go with that.
0: Sure. Um, Who uh, is super recognizable as Ken Mm -hmm. from Buffy. Uh, He played evil dude in Anne. That wants to enslave everyone to a demon dimension. You may
1: recognize him better without any uh, skin on his face.
0: That's it. I generally say that about a lot of people who (laughs) guess to be around Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) So the dinner scene is interesting. Uh, I read that it has one of Whedon's favorite images Mm -hmm. where Mal is eating with chopsticks on a spaceship and drinking from a tin cup. Yeah. Which just kind of explains the show. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, like, this
0: is the world we're in. This is everything.
1: I do think it's, it's kind of on them that they get caught to a degree because they're set up for the ship of like, you can't go here, 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 and don't ask any questions.
0: He's super, super obvious. Suspicious. Yeah. It's like, like I mean. Because
1: we d- definitely don't have any
0: contraband, so you shouldn't even check. Act better. What's his, you know, what's his job on the ship? Public relations. He is obviously a criminal. Just- At least. Just say he's like a
1: hired hand. That's he's it. He's there to lift heavy things.
0: Yeah, great. Um, Kaylee's got a crush on Dr. Simon, which is mm-hmm. super apparent. And so we get a great example of Mal's specific kind of morality, which yeah. I love. So he's got stolen goods hidden on his ship. He's running from the government. Mm-hmm. He's shitty to Anara. He tried to put one over on Badger because he knew that the goods were stamped. Yep. But when Jane says something rude and embarrassing to Kaylee... Mm-hmm mal kicks him out of dinner yep and i think that's that sense of treating people right that endears him to us that like we don't really care that he's technically a criminal because he he knows how to treat people yeah he follows the treat others that you would want to be treated well as they deserve to be treated kind of because he's also shitty to like people that are shitty to him yeah and like and he's
1: not you know perfect because he does you know and even just if you don't count the crimes, which I kind of think he has his own set of morality and he – since he fundamentally disagrees with most of what the alliance does, breaking the law in that sense is 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 like – it's not like he's doing it specifically as civil disobedience, but it is I don't agree with this law, so I might as well break it Yep. if, if I'm going to make a profit from it. But there are elements like – I know some people have criticized the show because they don't like how he treats Anara because it's like it's not progressive enough. It's like no, he's just a complicated character and he maybe doesn't have the most progressive views on like.
0: He also is just like a, the kind of dude that can't really talk about his feelings. Yeah, and he very obviously likes her. To everyone, like everyone's yeah. very like, you mm-hmm. two should just bang.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's a large part of why he. It, it kind of sublimates into this, like, well, I just hate her because she's a hooker. It's like, no, you you hate that you aren't with her, even though you're really attracted to her and really like her. And this is, like, the healthiest outlet you can find, which isn't the right outlet, which no. would be expressing your feelings. Yeah,
0: but God forbid you show vulnerability.
1: Yeah, that's when the Alliance gets you.
0: Speaking of which, someone on board contacted the Alliance. Mal assumes it's Simon because... Yeah, I mean, I would too.
1: guy who's practically (laughs) wearing a sign around his neck is symbol. It's the guy who's practically wearing a sign around his neck saying, look at me. I'm super suspicious, guys.
0: But because we all know how Whedon works, Mm -hmm. it's actually Dobson, the guy that, you know, I'm a bumbling idiot.
1: But I mean, he still kind of is. He still is. He
0: definitely doesn't know how to use his gun. (laughs) Uh, But a twist. Mal assumes that he's here for them because Serenity uh, is, you know, on the Alliance's radar. Pun intended. Uh, (laughs) But it turns out he's here for the doctor. Which It's This is another interesting of, like, the morality. Mal's fine with it. Like, yeah, yeah take the doctor until Dobson makes the mistake of threatening Mal's crew. Mm-hmm. And we've established that he's protective of them. Much the same way a soldier would stick by his unit. Yes. Yep. This it, It's striking oh. me on this watching how much that, like, as much as Mal is undisciplined. Mm-hmm. In another way, you can definitely see his military background Mm -hmm. if you think of his crew as his unit and you never leave a man behind and the brotherhood um, of a military unit. I find very interesting to look at it with that lens. No. So Kaylee walks into the standoff and is shot by Dobson, who really sucks.
1: Like, do they not train you at a land school? Like, don't just shoot your gun off because you hear a noise.
0: What's that? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh that's the problem. He's a vampire.
0: <laughs> so Jane wants to kill Dobson and again as much as like Jane is a dickhead mm-hmm. at least he's like he cares about Haley enough that like he fuck yeah. you um and but book stands in his way and won't let him kill a helpless prisoner because Geneva convention mm-hmm. That's space the-
1: Geneva convention. Nearly <laughs> missed that one. <laughs> space.
0: No, I, I, yeah, yeah. I got, I gotcha. I just. That was for the listeners. because they didn't get it. Because
1: they're in space.
0: (laughs) So Simon, acting like a real piece of shit here, threatens that if they don't run from the Alliance, he'll let Kaylee die. He's Mm. holding her life hostage. So I got to say, I have very mixed feelings about Simon in general.
1: At this point, there's no reason to like him. We haven't seen anything about him that suggests he's anything more than a, you know, self-centered prick. But if you, I mean, I feel like if you look through the lens of, I need to save my sister, and I get I, that. But I like, get, I get what he's doing here. And
0: would you really let an innocent person die to save another innocent person? Like,
1: but do we know he's actually going to do that, or is he just like going to bluff for a little bit and see if they call him on
0: while it while Haley bleeds out?
1: But I mean, uh, th- th- that's the thing is like, is, is it wrong to claim you're going to, if really like after, you know, 30 yeah. seconds, you would have buckled?
0: Yeah. And I is like, that really it,
1: the, is wrong if what you're trying to do is save your sister.
0: And I get that like loyalty, to your sister is great. And the fact that he's helping her is great. But just the fact that like, even after Simon joins the crew and mm-hmm. like endears us to him to a degree, he's still just kind of a stuffy prick some of the times so like it's really hard for me to like him because it's just like you're just kind of a pain in the ass I definitely
1: think he's, he's he's one of the hardest characters to really like but I I don't think I completely disagree with what he does here of course I wouldn't do it because I need to save Jewel State so I could ask her what was that <laughs> book that you were on the cover of? He'd but-
0: have you sign the copy but it's um the pages stick together now.
1: <laughs> it's not I don't read it now that I would know what the title
0: was. (laughs) It's too stained for you to read. What do you think? There's so
1: many questions here about like what, what, what you think of, I I, I can't even, it's too, too disgusting. Honestly, for such a, a
0: natural healthy thing not even staining books and apparently
1: what am i the alien from uh, alien all my secretions just like milk the books apart and stick them together instantly
0: uh, so, simon, more. <laughs> so simon gives them no choice they run mal investigates simon's crate what is he willing to let kaylee die for mm-hmm. and inside he finds a naked girl again <laughs> and now just has that great action of huh
1: and i think of anything in the first two episodes that's the most like whedon moment oh to me. very much it's yeah like, how do we end this episode huh.
0: huh so this was originally written as um a to all air in mm-hmm. the same night but when they play it on television yeah. this is where the episode breaks yeah
1: and i they they, they wrote it with that knowledge in mind. yes of yeah, course. like for syndication
0: So with that in mind, uh, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor.
1: Your noggin getting a little nippy? Want a smidge of style for your skull? Come to Badger's Fancy Hat Shack.
0: We've got all your favorites. Dusty Bowlers, Muddy Bowlers, Regular Top Hats, Bulletproof Top Hats, Nebula Newsboys Caps, Supernova Skull Caps, Interstellar Stetsons, Holographic Homburgs, Big Bang Baseball Caps, Cosmic chapeaux, a uh, Fedora but, you know, spacey, space fedora, I don't know. And uh, weird nitheps that your borderline sociopath goon crew members are sure to love.
1: Head on over to any of our six planetary or two lunar locations. Badger's Fancy Hat check. With a name like Badger, it's gotta be hats!
0: It's time to ship out from Serenity Part 1. And voyage into serenity, part two.
1: You're on a box.
0: So the crew obviously assumes this is his sex slave, because oh, yeah. how would you not? You would. I remember thinking that the first time too. I remember being like, "Uh, that's for sex." Yeah. <laughs>
1: See, I was such a nerd, I was like, no, oh, she's a robot.
0: <laughs> but uh Which would be sexy true robot. later
1: when she was on the Sarah Connor Chronicles.
0: Wah <laughs> Inception, noise. <idea>. Yep. <laughs> but this is River Tam, played by Summer Glau. If you watched Angel, you'll recognize her as the Russian ballet dancers mm-hmm. who was waiting in the wings in the episode. Oh, waiting in the wings. Boop, boop. So I feel like this moment right here where she wakes up and she's terrified, but like she sees Simon mm. is immediately drawn to him for like safety and the way he like tells her we're safe. Now, this is the yeah. moment we were like, okay, so not for sex. And Simon might be a real good guy. Yeah. Then we get his monologue explaining River's backstory. Mm just set to a montage of him treating her yeah. so again just really doubling down on like mm-hmm. actually he's a really great guy. Yeah. I love the line she makes me look like an idiot child. Yeah. I mean after like he lists all of his credentials you're mm-hmm. like okay so yeah. genius.
1: Well also like the impression you've got of him so far is that he's a little full of himself probably. Right. So the, so the fact he's the, willing to admit that she must be really gifted.
0: Like even more so than he's willing to yep. admit. So she, they sent her to a gifted school, um, but he discovered through her coded letters that they were experimenting on her brain.
1: This is one of the, like the saddest things is that the way she got fucked over is like, oh, this is where I want to learn, and like the, she like is,
0: begged to go, oh, yeah, oof. and even like her message to him saying they're hurting us, like, oh baby, mm. hey, baby. So meanwhile, the alliance is coming. Mal immediately makes a plan. We're going to finish the job. And again, this is, I just like seeing the military, like not training, but just Mm. the attitude of like, I set a plan. We're following through with that plan. I will then determine the next steps and you will follow my orders. It reminded me of the moment in the first Avengers movie when, you know, they Mm. finally all come together in New York and Iron Man just says, Call it Captain. Yeah. And you know, Captain America, because he has the military mm-hmm. background and he is a leader, formulates this really great plan. Yeah. Like I just I don't know. I really like that um detail that his training is still there.
1: Yeah. It's 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 ingrained in
0: him. Uh but he does give an ultimatum to Simon. If Kaylee lives, we'll leave you in Whitefall. If she dies, we will dump you in space.
1: Oh, that's such great options.
0: So do some good doctor in there, bud. Mm-hmm. Mail sends Jane to interrogate Dobson. Dobson offers Jane money. We'll see if he takes it. Oh. We don't know. Uh,
1: of course, this is home to the uh, very uh, perfectly done line. Uh, just scare him. Pain is scary.
0: I mean, he's not wrong. No. And at this point, we're kind of with Jane with like, I mean, he did shoot a small girl. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. he does really suck the most of mm-hmm. everyone we've seen so far.
1: And... uh I don't know if you ever heard this on the commentary they talk about how uh, well Joss Whedon talks about how he had to uh, talk with Adam Baldwin about like kind of playing it a little less broad in this particular scene to kind of key into the character mm-hmm. where it's like he's he's no you're not like really like intimidating here it's it's something a little bit more grounded because you think you're the hero of the story and it was like this was the scene where he kind of like clicked into it and got yeah. it Yeah, um, which I think helps the read of that because you could so easily see, see it being like a pain is scary like
0: well i feel like generic. any any that's a problem with a lot of bad you know mm-hmm. bad guys right is yeah. you know they're the good guys so if you can find the motivation mm-hmm. but i actually really like the empire and they you know did a lot of good things for oh, they like got us
1: all these cool matching outfits we have ones that are specifically for the snow. Or, they pay for uh, my weird, scholarship. A um, uh, forest planet where we also get motorbikes that I think are a little dangerous. I think you should talk to them about that.
0: <laughs> so in all this drama, let's just add on more. They pass, oh, by, no. <laughs> they pass by a smaller ship leaking radiation. Uh-uh. Which is full of Reavers. Reavers! Uh, so before we even know what Reavers are, mm-hmm. the way this announcement is handled... Yeah is amazing mm-hmm. and instantly fills you with so much yeah. more dread than the Alliance ever could. Everyone's reactions, you know, Mal doesn't tell them with mm-hmm. his usual, like, sass. Yeah. He's very grim and straightforward. We know this is bad, but yeah. we don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that.
1: Well, and I like that, especially if you watch this as one episode, they have a little teaser of it in the first part where they just mention Reavers, and Jane gets all scared. And then, like, for the rest of the episode, but at this point, you see like this is like some big tough guy who's like wants to like torture people. If he's getting scared by this, this mm-hmm. is kind of. Uh.
0: So Zoe explains Reavers to Simon, um, who he thought they were like the boogeyman, but they're real. Yeah, men that went savage at the edge of space, and God, this line: if they bore, they'll rape everyone oh. to death, eat their flesh, and sew their skin to their clothing, and if we're very lucky, they'll do it in that order. Ooh. Like, I honestly can't imagine anything worse.
1: You think they're good at sewing?
0: No, I, no. I think it's That's a shame. It's, it, it, no. It's a waste. It's good. Skin. <laughs> okay, Buffalo Bill.
1: I, I mean, I'm just saying, was she a great big fat person? It's <laughs> the line of... because the delivery of that line in that movie is so weird. As, as much as I'd, I know people have issues with that movie. Uh, deliver that line is uh, just all-time greats of just what the fuck delivery. <laughs> Was a great fat person? Like, well, clearly something is up with you, sir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so luckily the Reavers let Serenity pass. We'll find out why later. Uh-oh. Kaylee wakes up. So everyone's relationship with Kaylee is adorable. And mm-hmm. they even like, so they call her, I think, uh, Mei Mei in Chinese, which mm-hmm. translates, or in, excuse me, in Mandarin. Uh, which translates to little sister. Yeah. It's adorable. But it's especially cute for Mal because he's such a, like a gruff guy, but Mm like, he's a mean old man. Yeah, but not with her. It really makes me think of my dad. Like my dad is like a kind of guy, like he does not smile in pictures or ever. (laughs) And he's very like, he acts very scary and tough. And even when I call him and he knows it's me calling, he's Mm. like, he answers with his full name. Like, you know, what can I do for you today? Like, dad, no, it's me. Shut up. What are you doing? (laughs)
1: Stop it! I'm on the phone. This is my phone voice.
0: Okay, dad, love you. Yep. Dad, love you. <gasps> okay.
1: <laughs> no, okay.
0: Dad, love you. Uh huh. Like just oh. He's but he's a he's a teddy bear. <laughs> so maybe mail makes me think of dad. Mm. Uh, and Kaylee loses consciousness. Consciousness falls asleep.
1: Her hand falls, and I I feel like they know what they're doing. I mean, it's we. We did. know. We know what what the language of film is telling us here. And
0: Whedon especially loves to make us think that people we love are dead. Mm-hmm. And especially after very touching scenes. That's what he does. He no. pulls your heartstrings. Male confronts Simon and basically calls him selfish. You mm-hmm. put everyone at risk. You've now ruined Inara's life because she has decided that she's, you know, giving up this shuttle and this ship in, retali- or in rebellion or protest. Mm-hmm. And you won't deal with the consequences. Uh, So who's going to deal with the prisoner now? You? All very good points. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, Simon's not my favorite. (laughs) And he tells Simon, Kaylee's dead. Uh. And I love this moment. And again, it's one of those Mm -hmm. things where it's like, Simon, stop making me try to like you. (laughs) He's like we get the slow mo of him running mm-hmm. to check on Kaylee, yeah. and I do not think it's because he knows that like oh if Kaylee dies I'm getting dumped yeah. in space. I don't think he's worried about his safety. I think he's just yeah. It
1: doesn't look like an oh shit run. It's it like I'm in trouble. It's he he really is like oh my god I need to to see if I can help. Yes. Yeah.
0: But smash cut to <laughs> laughing in the cockpit. It was a very mean. Well, mm, I, I love. And joke.
1: I, I don't think I noticed it the first time I watched it. Uh, just how like goofy Kaylee's little wave to Simon is like
0: hi. She's
1: <laughs> such <a> dork. <laughs> And then and then the cut to to them all hysterically laughing in meteorage.
0: He's a mean, mean man. Mm-hmm. They call patience and realize that it is definitely a trap.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is.
0: God damn it, do Ackmar. Akbar,
1: Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these bases are need to be protected. God is that it. the line you want to <laughs> <laughs> get nope. me some more shaving cream for my under chin tendrils oh that was from the expanded universe
0: i'm very upset
1: a whole chapter about him shaving
0: i'm very sad so the land in white fall and bury their stash uh meanwhile back on the ship book tries to help dodson but dodson knocks him out Because this dude sucks and he keeps hitting him after he's already down. Someone fuck this dude up. Well, you know why they put that in there? So that we like don't feel bad when he gets fucked up. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like they specifically decided to have that moment to make it okay to shoot him later. Great. Good,
0: Good. Because at this point, like I'm begging for it. So I mean, this is when we get the you know the spaceship landing on a Western-looking planet mm-hmm. and horses, yeah. and it's I mean, like I was like smiling ear to ear and mm-hmm. thinking about this t- stupid fucking reviewer that's just like, um, I think the juxtaposition of the spaceship and the horses is jarring. Like it's awesome. That's and the point. <laughs> you missed it. Um, don't you also think that this would be the best gig as an actor Mm, you get to ride a horse and also shoot pew pew guns
1: yeah although i mean most of their guns are like and one thing i like is that there's not they're not all like energy weapons it's mostly like gun guns
0: i think the alliance has energy weapons don't they
1: some and like
0: they they make a big deal in that one
1: episode coming up about how the guy has a laser and it's like a huge deal that he has a laser yeah um, so I think it's mostly, like, bullet guns. Like, there's different, but I think it's mostly bullet guns.
0: Well, push up on your glasses while you tell me that. I'm just saying it'd be fun to film. But it's it's still, you get to, you
1: know, shoot guns in a Western, but also, like, be on a spaceship. Yeah,
0: fucking sign me up, yeah, dude. I'll do that. Mel passes Patience an example of the bounty.
1: That's clearly gold, right? It
0: looks like gold. And I love it's actually a container of food. Mm-hmm. And they they say one brick can feed a family for a month, which kind of makes Mal less of a dick. Yeah. But he's actually, you know, and they say that like this place sucks. Mm-hmm. But Patience goes back on a deal, wants the money and the food. So at this point, like Jane is waiting in the hills and we see him with the sniper rifle mm-hmm. And they're trying to fake us out that like he's got the scope pointed yeah. at Mal. Did he make a deal with Dobson or not? Mm-hmm. But I have a question about logistics here.
1: Yeah, that is what the one thing of like that makes this fake out a little iffy,
0: right? So it's like at some point, so there's the dude in a top hat. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Badgers, and he Mal says to him, "Nice hat." And then Jane shoots it off. He's forever away. How can he know what Mal said? What was the signal?
1: They had the walkie-talkies. Oh, goddammit. They had a whole bit about it.
0: God damn it!
1: About like, I can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, because yeah. I'm standing no. right next to you. No, no.
0: Yeah. God damn it, Yeah, that is I, accurate.
1: I thought what you were, were, were saying is like how it, it, what doesn't make sense to me is like that is a fake out of like, so he's going to shoot the captain and then I guess just let patients take the money and then hope she doesn't go after him
0: oh i was think. i mean like if he got shot in the like the
1: crossfire of it
0: right okay.
1: but then why would he start with unless
0: you know, I think he was waiting the for out. the fire like he would it's yeah. a fake out but like he would have been waiting for the gunfire to start
1: mm-hmm. which i guess we don't know yet that he's the one that would be starting it Okay, but, so yeah.
0: neither one of our complaints is valid. Check. But it's still like
1: eh, I don't know. It's it but like in also the logistics of like Jane getting back to the ship. It's like I'm gonna wait for the firefight shoot and then like walk back and hope nobody finds it suspicious to like maybe cause I maybe did a deal with the Alliance. But if you did a deal with the Alliance, why would you even need to kill Met Ma- like I and I don't know. It feels like uh, a fake out that's uh, not not as Doesn't hold up to repeat viewing as well as I would like.
0: Fair. But does hold up. Segway. Uh, So after Mal uh, shoots Patience's horse and traps her there, he takes the money, but doesn't take the goods Mm -hmm. because of his sense of right and wrong. Like, no, I did a job. I want to get paid. But I still brought, like, you because I want the money, Mm -hmm. you still get the goods. That's how this works. It's a transaction.
1: He's, he's not fighting to get the upper hand. He's fighting to get what he's owed and what's fair.
0: Exactly. Back on the ship, Dobson grabs River. Uh, Simon tackles him from the second floor of the cargo hold. pretty awesome. God, stop trying to make me like you. They have a standoff just in time for Mal to casually shoot right past River's head and hit Dobson. Mm-hmm. Just absent. Like, he's just not even like, nope, we got to like, go. Oh,
1: fuck this guy. It's his Indiana Jones moment.
0: It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he is a mix of Indiana Jones and Han Solo. No wonder I love this show. Oh. Uh,
1: and I also love the uh, shot where they throw him off the ramp. So, like, if you look at it, they barely get back in the door.
0: Yeah, that was very stressful for me. Well, the
1: thing is, they shot it several times. And then one time, the, the crew, like, basically, like, uh, uh, asked Whedon, like, should we close it like quicker and it was like yeah just close it quicker Ew. so like they're 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 literally like just barely making it because they don't know that's cl- closing quicker or like uh it goes off sooner or whatever it was so they're, they're legitimately like struggling to get in because they didn't realize it was going to go as fast as it did
0: oh my god yeah. i that's this was stressful for me it's like when you go to stop elevator doors and they're supposed oh. to about bounce back but like what if they don't yeah. right so like it, it freaks me out every time i have to be like i'm gonna put my arm here and like please stop mm. um chris and i recently were at a, a grocery store where the parking gr- the parking lot was on, on, on top sure. and like we we're trying to get the elevator and the doors opened um and i was waiting for the person to come out and they never moved and there was this weird standoff and the door started to close and i shoved my hand in between the doors and it didn't stop. (gasps) And then like, I was like all muscle against the door and it kept going. And I like had to take my arm out. Like I almost lost my fucking arm. That's that's so crazy. Nope. uh, (laughs)
1: Like it always just me out when I see somebody do that on the train, Yeah. when they just like strong arm the door and like push it open. I also think there have been
0: news stories that people get dragged. Yeah.
1: That happens. And I'm, I I doubt that they're paying the CTA employees enough to be like, like, all of them A-plus at being able to see that every time. Like, well,
0: I mean, I have blind spots in a fucking yeah. Taurus or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how many blind spots you have on a train. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think you're supposed to be able to, like, look back and see. But, I mean, if you're already closing doors, they should be closed at that point. Mm-hmm. They, they can't hire Superman.
0: They should. That'd be awesome. You can't be driving
1: trains. Gotta save the
0: world. So the Reavers follow them to Whitefall. I love that the more stressed out Wash is, the more polite he gets. Mm. Like he's like, would everyone please be quiet? (laughs) (laughs) He's just, okay. (laughs) That's a little terrifying. I also like, this is something that will continue throughout the show, Mm -hmm. but the cinematography of this show, how it's constantly like going in focus and out at like, I love it. I feel, I feel like it's mimicking what I'm doing. Like the mm. idea that like something catches your eye yeah. in the corner and you refocus to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just really,
1: well, yeah. And they say they, they drew heavily from like a lot of gritty seventies film. And you can see mm-hmm. that. And like the way they have like flares and like uh, very dramatic zooms. Like that's if, if you were to ask me to describe firefly in one term of camera usage, I would say zoom. Yeah, definitely. Yeah zoom in a zoom and yeah it's it's very distinctive very different from i think most sci-fi tens or at least especially like television sci- sci-fi anything set in outer space uh, specifically mm-hmm. tends to go off the 2001 model you know it's kind of static shots mm-hmm. giving everything weight by keeping things uh still and giving that kind of eerie grandness to it whereas like this is like oh it's a bunch of quick zooms and cuts and like like if you were filming this in space how you'd probably get it because you like, wouldn't
0: whoa what's that over there and like all yeah. of a sudden the camera whoops mm-hmm. over there yeah
1: a little a little found footagey without being annoying about it
0: yeah so we get a great moment here mal tells anara to get everyone in her shuttle and get ready to run she argues and he just stops her by putting his hand on her shoulder mm-hmm. and saying her name. And like, they clearly like should definitely make out in this oh. moment, but there is no time, but yeah. it's hot.
1: When listening to the commentary, I think it was Jasmine, maybe it was Nathan Villion, so I started a sense of, uh, Oh, and this is the, the part where initially we had, and I was like, Oh, them kiss. And, uh, where initially, uh, we had some trouble With getting the tone just right. I was like, oh, I thought they were going to kiss initially. (laughs) And I was just really upset because I was like, no, they should be kissing. They
0: definitely should be making out. I love this. Get Kaylee to the engine room. And Jane is carrying her. And Book's offering help. So they're going to pull a crazy Ivan, which Uh I feel like should be the title of this episode. I feel like. First episode should have been Serenity, and then this one should be called Crazy Ivan. Mm. That's how I would remember it. They, uh, While running from the Reavers, they flip their engines around, turn the other way, and boost it out of there. The Reavers can't do that, so they can't turn around in time. Uh, So it's a great move to get out of there.
1: I like them igniting the atmosphere. That's pretty cool. And reminds me of one of my favorite just like weird moment in time things where when nuclear bombs were first being tested, there was this worry that setting them off might make the entire atmosphere catch on fire at once.
0: Like Like, that was a
1: legitimate scientific concern. They weren't sure if that would happen or not. So
0: don't, Test it, then. Like, it, isn't it insane that, that they had that theory that might happen, but they still tested it? I mean, I
1: think it was, like, one of those things that they had to, like, disprove before they, they went further, I th- I, th- I hope. But just, like, the fact that, like, hey, working on this thing, it might literally light the entire sky at on fire at once.
0: That's insane! <laughs> uh. So there, another great moment that... Um, after wash saves the day with his Mm -hmm. awesome flying skills. So it says, sir, I need you to take the helm. I need this man to tear all my clothes off. I love Alan Tudyk's work, work, work. (laughs) Their relationship is like my favorite thing ever.
1: Uh, do you know the famous club in this scene? No. So, uh, I believe it's, 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 well, actually it's, it's the one right before this, but still in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. There's a point where you can see, uh, and a lot of places I think, Credit as uh, they thought they were filming for regular TV screens, but they were going to be in widescreen. But I think if you actually look at the angles, it's just they literally didn't realize it was in the shot. Yeah. Um, there's a point where Alan Tudyk is clearly miming having controls in his hand when they are not in his hand. Nice. And it's like you can see it to the point of like he takes a hand off and like puts it down, and the other hand's still on the controls, but it's just clearly nothing there
0: space controls it's just invisible
1: sure it's that's wonder it. woman's plane uh it will just makes me think like my my personal retcon to make that not a blooper is that's just how goofy a motherfucker he is or, that he's just like i'm pretending to still be driving
0: or he's so tense that his like hands are stuck <laughs> in the holding a controller position Uh, uh, it's like when uh. you're playing well for me it was n64 that like Mm. where it would be like i can't my my thumbs hurt and they're just like they're stuck in this claw like grip (laughs) mel confronts jane about giving dobson the knife that dobson used to cut himself free jane says it wasn't me money wasn't good enough but was it it was wasn't it no it wasn't but was it i don't remember Do, do we find out
1: I don't think we ever hear specifically what the offer was.
0: But like, that is how he got the knife. No,
1: I don't think we ever get a conclusive answer. Do we?
0: Okay. Because he definitely, I mean, I thought that
1: was kind of like the point of it is like, we really don't know. And it kind of sets up like, we really can't trust this guy. Because who
0: knows? Because later on. uh, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mal offers Simon a place on the ship, Mm -hmm. which is good. They are definitely going to need a doctor, even if he is prissy as fuck.
1: And it really seems like a massive oversight at this part that they don't have anybody. I mean, I'm going to assume they had some kind of combat medical training, but like you, you want a real He
0: knows enough how to like knock it. Kaylee out. I will say that like if you were like, take this shot gun looking thing and knock her out. I'd be like, no, <laughs> don't
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I can throw it at her and hope that that hits her head just right. But, but I'm I not I really qualified to. to give
0: a shot. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and we get another great example of his personal brand of morality mm-hmm. where he says, if I kill you, you'll be awake, you'll be facing me mm-hmm. and you'll be armed, Yeah, which sounds terrifying. But also you get it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that is the upstanding way to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, you're I'm not going to take cheap shots yeah. or stab you in the back. So come on, give me your overall impressions. First episode, Firefly. <laughs>
1: fucking terrible i hated it oh, no, i no, wanted guys- it to burn to the ground it's gonna be a
0: really hard time
1: <laughs> i hate everyone uh no it's uh fantastic and i really fucking wish i had seen this as the pilot because i think yeah. i would have been completely on board having seen this first
0: i don't remember when i got the dvds from netflix which came first i yeah. feel like it has to be this because when i look mm-hmm. at Like, in terms of the plot, how this would play out, I feel like the way that it aired must have been confusing as fuck. Yeah.
1: It must have been like, oh, how did I miss this?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I thought I watched the premiere episode. I guess maybe. I I don't know.
0: I love this show. Mm. Uh, I just, I can't wait to talk about the rest of it. I, I haven't sat down and watched it all in a couple years. No. My memory is that it is perfect. <laughs> so we'll be in. We'll, it'll be interesting to find out if yeah. that stands up, but I'm currently going to go with correct. It is perfect.
1: And like, especially considering how rough pilots are, this is, amazing
0: i mean he's already i feel like whedon was pretty well practiced he yeah, had somebody point. who was a
1: showrunner for several years and like most of the other people or people who had worked on that or other similar things so like it's definitely like some people who were warmed up for it mm-hmm. but like as a pilot they it's just amazing. like amazing they like you get what the show is you get a lot of the complexities of it you get a, a couple good moments for every single character yeah, I feel like if you watch these two episodes and you're not interested, you 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 would not like the series. No. Um, yeah. And I can't say that for every pilot. There are certainly pilots for shows where it's like um yeah, that's the pilot, but you should really like wait until season 2.
0: I mean, we had a lot of conversations about this with Buffy season yeah. 1, but like uh, it has growing pains. This yeah. show does not. It no. starts out fucking amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it makes you think like how where is of course, you know, you always think of the the best possible outcome of like how it would have like, grown and blossomed to be like the best show ever which i i like to think would ha- happen but i'm like almost like what if it was like too good to start and then it couldn't help but get worse and maybe maybe we were lucky cuz we only got all the the best episodes
0: i mean that is definitely like a like i mean we'll get into it i guess but like we've only got 14 episodes yeah a typical season for a one hour long show, how long is it? Well, always four or 22.
1: It's weird. Cause like this was airing at the time where that was like just about to start changing where a lot more series would get more restricted runs. Like okay. there's a lot more stuff.
0: But even that being said yeah. that like, you know, a, a perfect or damn near perfect season of television, mm-hmm. even the best shows have seasons where you're like, t- uh, or even like episodes where yeah. you're like, okay, that's not, not, the best one. So the question becomes, was this just a fucking perfect show that was for some God only knows reason completely unappreciated by mm-hmm. the network and the reviewers or did it just not have the chance to have the ebbs and flows that every other show has?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question and how much was just there the kind of big market you'd need to keep a show like this running. Was it just an issue of they didn't get the right people to see the show? Was it just a weird time where this wasn't right for TV at the time, even though it's a great show? It's
0: interesting that like when you say Fox's big show that year was Joe Millionaire, that like that's early reality television. And it did feel that like once reality television became a thing, fucking everything was reality television mm-hmm. and i feel like now we're getting some pushback of like hey guys remember scripted shows and weren't those great um yeah. well and it, especially it's
1: in that weird period where it's before prestige tv really took off like you're starting to see the beginnings of it you got your sopranos you got mm. your the wires is and that stuff like starting to become a thing of like having really great stories told on television in a more long form, uh, cinematic way than even the movies had been for a while. But that was not really there. Like if Firefly had debuted in 2012, would it have been a huge hit on AMC okay. instead of 2002 Yeah, on Fox?
0: Now it's time to celebrate some thrilling heroics with this week's big damn hero of the week.
1: this is a little weird because it's our first time doing it, obviously. Sure. I I need to define how I will try to be judging it. Who I think did the most heroic thing. Um,
0: Yeah. I feel like that's the. Well,
1: but like you could also make an argument like who did the most showy or the most, you know, different heroic things. And which is, I think you can make a case for Mal. He does some like big hero stuff in the war and does some stuff to like help people. And is really nice to Keeley. But my big damn hero. Is Kaylee oh. specifically for like helping them with the engine when she is, uh, you know, still basically in shock from a gun wound.
0: And you know what? She does such a good job of that. Again, like she is possibly dying. Yeah. And she's just she's a she's calm and mm-hmm. she's a very good teacher. Like, do you do you know what that is? Yeah. Okay, get ready to do that. Do you know where this is? Look at me. Look where I'm pointing. Yeah. Like
1: she's it, still kind and compassionate and still like. Keeps her best qualities despite the fact that she may be dying, uh, and is in a very stressful situation. So I think that's yeah. She doesn't complain. Wrong.
0: She's not like yeah. you guys. I'm so tired. Stop bothering me. She's
1: not like so delirious. It's like, oh, what's going on in the ship? It's like she's able to like compose herself mm-hmm. and keep it. And yeah, that's that's why she's my big damn hero of the week. <sighs>
0: I'm not thrilled with my answer, but I feel that it is the right one and that you are wrong. Oh. (laughs) Uh, I think... It's Badger. (laughs) I think the clear answer is Simon. Okay. So he saves his sister from the Alliance. Mm -hmm. And like, we'll see later... That's off screen. We'll see later the like lengths that he goes to to do that. And Mm -hmm. like, even his parents don't fucking help him. Mm -hmm. Brother of the Millennia Award. He saves Kaylee from death. Mm Mm-hmm. And he saves his sister a second time from Badger and, like, tackles him from the fucking second floor. Or who is the... Dobson.
1: Dobson. I was like, Badger, wait. Mm -hmm. Did I miss a scene?
0: No, I just really like that name.
1: Yeah, it is. Dobson, I... Dobson sounds like the third lieutenant that's in the background of a police station. Sure, yes.
0: But he tackles Dobson from the second... Lieutenant
1: Dobson something. I think Lieutenant Dobson might be something.
0: (laughs) It's probably
1: Is that that Police Squad? No, I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to have to look that up. Going to keep searching for that book. Oh, this episode. I'm sorry. You were saying.
0: He tackles Dobson from the second floor. And like, he's a doctor. You could have broken his fucking leg doing that. But he did it. And he saved his his sister for the second time. So even though you're a prissy fuck, I'm going with Simon.
1: Counterpoints. Okay. He saves Kaylee. But again, as you pointed out, after... Uh, threatening to not save her.
0: Okay, but your argument was like, but that was a bluff.
1: I'm I'm just using your own argument to say like, hey. I'm also using you your could, own I'm, argument. That's you can fine. Interpret it. No,
0: I'm gonna put on some glasses and grow a beard, and we'll, we'll play Mike and Kristen. I'd love to see you as a blonde.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'd look great. Uh, and okay, he does the like the heroic jump, but then he totally can't commit to actually saving her by shooting Dobson. He's like, I don't, I don't, think don't know, I don't know.
0: I don't know if I would be able to shoot anyone either.
1: I, I think if you really wanted to save your sister.
0: I don't have a sister. So, ha. Huh. Well, joke's on you.
1: <laughs> if you found out you had a sister and she'd be an experimented on because she wanted to go to a really nice kindergarten, you know.
0: <laughs> How young is my sister? Well, I'm assuming that she has to be
1: very young if you had never met her <laughs> when she got into the school. And then your parents are like, oh, we can't tell Kristen about this. She'll get really upset.
0: My parents are too old to have a kindergartner. Well, no, I'm saying like
1: <laughs> she was a kindergartner when you would have been like sisters together as children. So this is like 20, 30 years later. Okay. You know, where it's a whole elaborate. But backstory. we wouldn't have I've,
0: the um, the history, so I don't wouldn't be as emotionally attached to her as, say, Simon is to
1: Oh, okay. So you what you're saying is you hate your sister <laughs> okay.
0: what was them that words that was said <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck you>. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> it was funny Okay, hold on I gotta do it again what was them that words what was said them's tumble words I can't with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stackers, who said the following quote? I think that a big part of the magic of Firefly is that it was a group of people that couldn't be more different, living in close quarters and becoming a family. And I think that viewers instantly found someone to identify with specifically. And I think that's why people still love it today. I think that our audience immediately connected in an emotional way.
1: Tipper Gore.
0: <laughs> that was a quote from Summer Glow
1: who played River. Uh, that's and a very it, nice quote. I like
0: it. it. It makes me think about how much um all of Whedon's shows are about a found family. Mm-hmm. And I much. just kind of love, and like, yeah, those are stories that um, touch me because I feel like that is really important when you fought, you know, mm-hmm. like family, your real family is obviously very important, but so are the people that you. Choose to make part of your family, and I
1: think there's a another kind of meta textural layer to it that isn't as, as on the surface in Whedon, but is definitely in something like Dan. A lot of Dan Harmon's work, mm-hmm. where it's obviously somebody, the creator, very strong voice, obviously has had a huge relationship with TV their whole life mm-hmm. and movies, and 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 basically like visual media, where they they find a home and a family in it. And then that's hot, kind of like where their most of their creative energy, as far as making a TV show, it springs out of that. So naturally, it would be about a found family because in television they found a sense of belonging and community and family. And so that's that's just the most honest place to make television out of is that same idea of finding the people you love and finding the family through it which I think is is really lovely for somebody who is also a huge TV geek.
0: I love that. I think that's great. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks Flying with Firefly. Please like us on Facebook. You can contact us at SunnydaleStacks at gmail.com or at SunnydaleStacks on Twitter to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Firefly. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember, and join us next time when we explore the train job and bushwhacked, when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stats.